In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Glory be to Jesus Christ. One of the things I like to do when I'm out in my secular work and running service calls is I like to listen to American Family Radio. A lot of really good things there. And on Fridays, they have a little program where people call in and answer trivia questions, and then they get to ask trivia questions. And so last week, a nice Catholic lady called in. Of course, this is a Protestant uh, radio station, and these people uh, who speak on it are coming from a Protestant background. They're great people, godly people. We have a lot in common with them, but they don't have the background that we have. So a lady called in and said, who was the mother of Mary? (laughs) And all these three guys, I mean, these are Bible preachers. These guys know the Bible front and back, and they're they're just very, very knowledgeable people, and they are all scratching their heads. Don't recall that ever coming across that in the Bible, and she had him stumped. And so they, they all gave up and said, well, her name was Anne. And, of course, I knew it. And, of course, we all, we all think of, you know, Joachim and Anna. You know, who, everybody knows Joachim and Anna are the parents of Mary. Well, if you're not an Orthodox or Catholic, you may not know that because you don't have the background. You don't have the rest of the story. And so today we have a saint that we are commemorating who also helps us kind of give us the rest of the story. Because you think about Peter and Paul and all the apostles and all the work that they did, and you think, well, what, what happened after they died? Who took over? Did they just say, oh, that's it, the show's over? You know, <laughs> Well, just uh, put everything on hold until... Uh, the 20th century or 19th century when a revival takes place and suddenly we got the gospel. No, there's a whole history. And so this saint today, the hieromartyr Apollinarius, is a good example of that. He was a disciple of the apostle Peter and was born in the city of Antioch. We have Peter in the New Testament. Uh, Peter, one of the apostles. We have the city of Antioch mentioned in the New Testament. First place where people were called Christians. So we have this saint who was a disciple of Peter and was born in Antioch. St. Peter took him with him from Antioch to Rome and in Rome consecrated him bishop of Ravenna. In other words... Peter took him and then he settled, in, he settled him in Ravenna and said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plant you here. I'm putting you in charge of Ravenna and here, your job is to preach the gospel in Ravenna. He didn't give him a church. He didn't give him a budget. He they probably didn't even have antimensions back then yet. You know, antimension is a special cloth that's put on the altar shows the, the body of Christ being buried, and it's signed by the bishop. And it usually has a relic stitched in it, and that gives the priest, pastor, authority to serve the divine liturgy wherever he is. So he didn't give him one of those either. He just 
He just empowered him, laid hands on him, and said, okay, you are the bishop of Ravenna. So, what did he do? Arriving in Ravenna, he went and uh, he got the keys to the bright, beautiful church. No, he didn't do that. <laughs> there was no church. He checked into the rectory. No, there was no rectory. <laughs> what did he do? Well, oh, thank you, Basil. Apollinarius went into the house of a soldier, Irenaeus, whose blind son he healed and by this brought the whole family to the Christian faith. So immediately he did what the, the pattern had, was for the New Testament. He found somebody in that city of nobility, of honor, someone worthy, someone who would open their doors to him. He came in, he immediately worked a miracle, healing the blind son of this soldier. And then the whole family became Christians, and immediately he had a congregation. Isn't that wonderful? So then, he also healed the wife of the military governor of Ravenna, of a grave infirmity, and baptized his whole household. Oh, he sat down for a whole year, and taught them the catechism, and then he baptized them. No, it's not what he did. <laughs> he worked a great miracle. He brought the, the head of the household into the church, and then he just brought in his whole family. Might have even been some servants, or ch children, even infants. Baptized them all. He had, now he had two families. So then they built a brand new, beautiful Orthodox church. No, they didn't. What he did then was he, here he formed a house church and lived in that house. He lived in the house where the church was. And for 12 years he lived there. 12 years. It's a long time. Preaching the gospel and baptizing unbelievers. Now remember, he was in a pagan culture. He was starting from scratch. There were no Christians there. There were no Antiochians, no Greeks, no Bulgarians, no Serbians. <laughs> Didn't go through the phone book and find all the ethnic sounding names. No, he was starting with pagans, unbelievers. And he was converting them. Well, as always is the case, when a man makes progress in the glory and the good things of God, he was fought against by Satan. He was grievously tormented in various ways by the pagan elders, but the strong right hand of God preserved him and upheld him. He was finally condemned to exile in Ilaria in the Balkans. That's the Balkans are uh, Serbia, Croatia, those countries that in that area called that today. But the boat in which he was sailing capsized in a storm. What does this remind you of? St. Paul. This happened to St. Paul. He was capsized in a storm, and from among all the travelers, only St. Paul and Arius, together with two soldiers and three of his priests, by now he had priests, 
The bishop had priests. This is, this is New Testament Christianity coming right alive for us in the Orthodox Church. The bishop had three priests with him, and they were all saved. Saved so miraculously that the soldiers came to believe in the power of Apollinarius as God, and they were baptized. Wherever he's going, whatever happens, he's baptizing. He's saving people through the power of God. <clears throat> then Apollinarius, so, so he immediately called for a new ship so he could go back to Ravenna, right? No, that's not what he did. He began preaching the gospel right there where he was. Apollinarius began preaching the gospel throughout the Balkans, traveling as far as the Danube. He then went to Thrace, where he spread the gospel against great opposition. After three years of working in the Balkans, he was driven back to Italy. Now, he didn't go there on his own, but he was driven back by the pagans. He went to Ravenna, where the faithful welcomed him with great joy. He received their bishop back. However, they were still living in the middle of a pagan culture. So hearing of this, the pagan elders wrote to the emperor Vespasian about Apollinarius, calling him a magician and asking if he should be put to death as an opponent of their gods. The emperor replied that it was not necessary to kill him, but that he should be made to sacrifice to idols or driven from the city. For he said, it is not seemly to take revenge on someone on behalf of the gods, for they can themselves be revenged on their enemies if they are angered. In other words, Vespasian is saying, if, if he's offending the gods, let the gods take care of it. They can, if they're gods, they can do that. Well, in spite of this imperial decree, the pagans decide to take matters into their own hands. They assaulted Apollinarius and stabbed him with daggers, and he gave his soul to God. The servant of God died of his wounds and went to the kingdom of God. His relics are preserved, preserved in Ravenna, in the church dedicated to him. There is still a place where he is remembered in the Orthodox Church, in the, in the Christian church of the world. So let us give glory to God who has allowed us, simple people, to be a part of this holy tradition. And let us, in some small way or large way, continue this work exemplified by St. Apollinarius. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, glory be to Jesus Christ. Amen.